You know, I often think of what St. Paul said, I am a citizen of no mean city. But I often feel that, having originated from the Glegarvan area, I am a citizen of no mean country, you know what I mean? Um, I go back to the place quite often, and the it has a course, of, it's a beautiful place. Uh, there are many parts of Kerry that are beautiful, but the Gilgarvan area is beautiful in a quieter way. It hasn't, for instance, the ruggedness of parts of the Kenmare area, uh, or even West Kerry. And uh, it's not now uh, very uh, deeply populated. You get, you know, ranging from three to half dozen houses on the sides of the different mountains. And what struck me and what strikes me as I go down there is that the place, the, 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 the physical uh, aspect of that area must have changed very little in the past 2,000 years. If you were to remove the houses from the side of the mountain, I think that, uh, shall we say, the militians who arrived there 2,000 years ago, when they come back now, he would see a very little difference uh, in the area. This is the middle of the valley of Glenlay. We're about five miles from Kilgarvan. At our back here, across the mountains, lies Kenmare. Right in front of us, brown, heather-coloured mountains. Here and there, slabs of rock peeping out through the heather. All along the sides of the mountains, down by the foot of the mountains, and down towards the Rokti River, there are trees, spruce, pine, all these have been planted by the forestry department. One can see miles across the valley here. Over there on a hill, there are sheep moving, and there are some cows there also, black Kerry cows, there's probably a shepherd over there too, but one can't see him. Sometimes they use binoculars to observe the sheep and um, observe the neighbouring hills. Round about the hills are scattered the houses. The houses are hidden amongst little clumps of fir and spruce. And it's only the smoke that gives away the presence of a house. Just over here, to the left, is Phil Hayton's cottage. This is a young man who came from England a few years ago, and he now lives here with his wife, an American. Further up the mountain road is Coombe, with what is supposed to be the highest pub in Ireland, but there are a number of these in the country. Beneath us, and possibly you can hear the sound of the river in the background, is the River Rockley. The river that runs right, slashes its way right through the middle of the valley. Right through the middle of the valley of Glenlay. We run our way up to the house of the Horgans, Seamus and Ned Horgan.
I scarcely got one out of sheet pinched my chin bones to the blood attracted, saying, Dear husband, are you asleep? I was a wonder what was the matter. She says, Dear husband, come, 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 for women, where's the most pleasure? 
and the poor man's labor was never done. Here, here. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, the, the change of life now in those localities above that team. That time it was something grand, you see. That was a grand crowd in the Greens that time. And when you could go home, you'd have a girlfriend language and you could convey her to her door and turn back and go out a bit through something. <laughs> well, that's not the way it all now. There was always a tradition of poteen making in Kilgarvan. In fact, but it's probably the only place in Kerry where there, there is. There is a little bit making all the team there. Is that the way? Open <laughs> <laughs> the wheels of mountains that you can go towards it. <laughs> Would you know how to get a bottle yourself now, sir? Just have to get it. There's too much of a watch in it. The guards are too, too vigilant. So they are on the squatters, which I mean, you have no hope. <laughs> and they're escaping if there was any suspicion or not. They'd hop down, you would say, no, still. And carry it for two towels. Were you ever caught making it yourself? Oh, no, but I was long as I was making it and they were never caught. Oh, you may be sure that if you drank a glass and a half of it and to sit down there, you'd stay there for maybe four or five or six hours before to recover again, for to go home. Would I fall you would fall asleep too. Wouldn't that be good whiskey? And do you know what I do? I, I, I drink a full bottle of the red whiskey now, Paddy. And I'd walk out the door there and come in again and sit down here and I would never ever have a drink. That's a positive fact now for you. <laughs> no, there's no laughing or cutting the dinners. The crystal drop comes from the still to cure all sores and ailments. To cure the yellow janders, both scarletine and measles. To banish heart diseases from the lung drive inflammation. From the soul to drive the devil from the heart to drive temptation. As Jomarishun Krushkinus, we shall on. Yeah, yeah. How you going to do? I told you it was good stuff, Patty. I make the sample butter on this barrel myself for the, our own use, but not at present because there is no milk by the cows now. But uh, it is nicer butter than the creamery butter. It always was. But uh, we make a small sample. Which how, how long have you been making the butter here? Yeah, um, we were we were making it. We were making it for a, a long time until those uh, schemes came out. We gave it over then, you see. Yes. And the line of, of the calves, and we give we give the milk to the calves. Keep all the calves and give them the milk. Milk the cow and give them the milk. This, in fact, is a little dairy here. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. How how long does it take to make? Uh, Butter with this machine. Yeah, it wouldn't take long. It didn't take no more than no to half an hour to make my ten pound of butter. That's what for the week. 
Good, very jolly. That was jolly. Well, I was happy because of the flowers of May. I tell you that much. That's the happiness. They're all right. And, uh, and they have plenty of money, every one of them. Never was one of them an alcoholic because it was too far away. <laughs> and uh, that was great help. If you're an alcoholic, it's there, no yeah, matter what it is. They wouldn't buy it anyway, they wouldn't buy it. Well, they're old and they they'd, they'd so. come home having enough drink and more than enough one day I'd use it to come on the blind side of them. What do you think about the television and radio and all these new? We are yes. trying to put it out of the house. <laughs> they actually, this woman especially. <laughs> Why? And I don't mind because they are doing too much bad work there. What sort of bad work? Oh, we're doing the costing. <laughs> they're always doing the costing. <laughs> the, the whole oh, they are always the doing the costing. Oh, yes. They're so savage. The, the, the way they, they strike each other so much. Yes. Is there um, too much sex on the television? Yes. Oh, yeah. there's no there's such a fierce. Well, you know, I to tell the truth on my team. Tell the truth the, for young people, it shouldn't be carried on. And, and indeed, I was not saying, but I, there I, should I, be no sex for young people. Uh, well, uh, no, but uh, it should carry on too much for a young person. Hmm. You see, that one, that one, indeed, I tell you that you should care us better than that when I was young. The only thing I see about them is the way they, they beat each other, the scandal, you know, it's very bad, you know, giving bad example to, to the people, to everybody else. That, I, I think I'm going to need and ask myself, I don't hear it, that I held a bit in the old times to get a, a field with a father grown and to get 15 or 16, old women, very, very fat old women, and put them running your ass down with the father grown there. That's regular in all times. Rick Halil Afarnik. Racing old women? Yes, Rick Halil Afarnik. <laughs> That's what the name of it. <laughs> and what do you want to put old women racing for? But someone I'd, I'd, I'd win the prize like any other ass or oh, anything. Do you have one? They might get heart attacks. <laughs> huh? That's right. Oh, but uh, it would be nice and funny, attacks. you know. It's probably probably all women you don't like. You see, uh, racing <laughs> that 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 wouldn't go off. Half of that be touched head over heels, you know. <laughs> that's that's what the sport. Oh, that never happened. Uh, <laughs> oh, it did. It did indeed. Uh, the old people had that one all the time. Look, I did one of the biggest sports they had. Is that the way? What age are you now? I'm. Uh, Seventy-seven. How do you how do you think to spend the rest of your life? That's a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the old woman. I have a wife, married. Didn't you got another woman? <laughs> <laughs> you take on another woman. They're all going off now, getting the divorce, and fast, fast, good living. And a, 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 a colonel like me, one that I want women and help, no better than I ever got. You want more? You want more women? I want more women and help. If they do any work for me, if I got them like that one long ago, I'd get yeah. second one and I'd join them in the divorce. A good, strong young woman is what yes, you want. Yes, that'd do the work hard side. Yeah, yes. And and other than that, well, uh, I wouldn't know. I'd very really hard for a fellow to know what's coming tomorrow. Mm. I'd say to live away for a am until I, I suppose that time is just now. God help us all. That's all we can say, and. Uh, Go to hospital for name much.
My name is Jerry Jermaidin in Garden. So uh, I couldn't tell what will become the place in, in a few... It can't be so many years. It can't be so long more. We don't know how long it will be. But, uh, I mean, it can't be any... And do our best, name, my sister. It can't be many no, years. No, it can't be, no. no you know, the age we are like. Yeah. You see? So... Uh, I couldn't tell what would become of the place, you see. I, I couldn't, if I, I, I tell you, if I could, if I had knowledge. But uh, anyway, I suppose it, it will be either sold or else uh, one of the brother's children will, will, will be the owner. I couldn't say which, you know. But then, you see, th- there was a will made, all right. But I didn't get the will registered and it didn't stand still then, you see. There are five us there, aren't there? You, you know, yes, sister, yes, what is my yes, up there yes. and putting cheese? Yes. I and Dennis and, and Patrick. Your case is not an individual case. There must be many other people in the valley. In oh, the several, same several, several, yes. several, several uh-huh. cases. Yes. Several, several cases in the valley, like, you so know. What would you see the future of the valley? Well, the future of the valley of the most of those harems, I mean, you know, the. What, what, for, for the, the people know that that had married in those harems, like. How done to the farms? Of course, they're the owner of the farms. Didn't like me. I'm different. Uh, they have them sold to the forestry. The forestry are the, the best buyers. They call the way. So you can see a lot of empty houses here. Oh, any amount, any amount of empty houses, yeah. any amount. I went to see the world's rich when only sixteen years of age. As steerage passage, I engaged a ship called Iron Duke. I went on board at Dublin's wall, being so toward bound for the Transvaal. I had a friend from Owneskull and one from Donnybrook. When our noble ship thus scarcely steamed, and through my mind sad memories gleamed, I thought of my good neighbours and their loving company. I thought of my dear brother and our love for one another, and an awaited mother in that beauty spot, What is life like here? Life here is, I'll tell you what life here to me now. To the, you, you have, I mean, you, you, you will like what you're living on it, and so do I like here. Where I would be born, you see, it's just like, like a lamb will be red on the side of the mountain, that the lamb can't, uh, that he'd like to come back to the place in, in a few years to come, like, but... Uh, to the way with me, no. If I was born in Dublin City or Cork or any town or any place, I couldn't, I couldn't live out in the country at all. But when I'm born out in the country, see, I hate to live in a town where I would be born and reared. That's how, that's how I imagine it is. How far have you travelled outside the Glen? I, n- I never travelled outside the Glen. I, I never went out working or anything like that. But I'll tell you how far I travelled once in my life anyway. It's about uh, three or four years ago. I had an upside... I didn't have to say appendicitis or something. And I was sent search from Tralee Hospital, St. Catherine's Hospital in Tralee, to St. Kevin's Hospital in Dublin. That's the farthest I ever travelled in my life. That's the only time I was ever in Dublin. Once and once only in my life. So I thought, I thought the people in Dublin were very nice people. I thought I could say it about them anyway. Well, uh, well the, traffic, the traffic frightened me anyway. The traffic and the way they cycle... They're out not circular road, my heavens, this traffic and cycling through the through the through the crowd. Just the same as they were just outside that in the road where there's no traffic. This the traffic I know there's cyclists, you know, they're the way they fly, yeah. Now Joe, 
you you have in fact uh, no uh, running w water in the house at all you have to get this uh, you're getting the water actually from the mountain from it comes off there it comes off there the eastern side of the high cliff there up and she's coming all along down away down into this bucket and uh, there now in August, September last, in the, in the fine weather, uh, the stream was completely dry. It was dried the kitchen floor inside. There was no water at all for two months. So we wouldn't offer where they put the tea water. So the brother would go over to, with his white enamel bucket over across the river and over and halfway between the river and the Auburn Road. And there was a running stream there that never runs dry. It's classic spring water like. So that we never used the, the river water for tea. This is all tea water like because. Uh, the river down below, uh, I wouldn't approve it all because there are lots of, you know, dead animals and things like that and sheep and things like that get stoned and there are rats along the river. Then you see there are stops in the banks, you understand? And uh, it's the end to use it. I wouldn't use it. Well, we're, we're in the uh, in the cow house here. Um, and the cow house is actually attached to the dwelling house. That is right, yeah. yeah. Uh, how common is that in the area? Well, it's, it's pretty common around here, mostly houses, nearly all the houses in this valley, in here, except uh, where the new houses that's put up in recent years are all attached to the dwelling house. Why is this? Oh, I think it's going back to the the olden days. I think the, the older uh, people used to like to keep the cows uh, pretty warm and have them under the same roof as the dwelling house if possible. Do you think it actually does keep them warm, having them... I know, I, uh, well, it possibly keeps them warm, all right, but I think it's a very, very bad idea, actually. They're uh, much better off to be away out on their own altogether somewhere. Because uh, you have silage and soft water around the door, well, it's, uh, you have the smell of the silage and everything during the day, like. How many houses in the locality would, in fact, like this one, have the cow house attached to the main dwelling house? Mm. Uh, about uh, five, I suppose. Five, five, six, six. In the in the valley. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. And how long back do you think it's going? Oh, I should say about uh, eighty to hundred years or something. This is Armstrong. You, in fact, uh, live in a very beautiful place in here. Could you describe it for us? It's in the. Uh, va valley of Glenlay. You live in a house in here in the middle of a big wood or a plantation. Well, it's uh, there are a lot of rocks here, uh, you know, as you go up. It, the, it's full of rocks, and but amongst them all is planted all the rhododendrons. And then there are a lot of... Uh, well, you get the wildlife, the uh, the uh, well, we get rabbits. We get we get ordinary ra the rabbits. I got one in a in a in a trap. Lee Simon got one in a trap there the other day, <laughs> and uh, then we have we built up the house there, and we have our own. Vegetables and things, vegetables and a certain amount, a few flowers as well. And you also have the um, birds and the in the. We in, have in the, the different woods. wildlife. The, the we have 
there's woodcock and uh, well there were a certain amount of pheasants too there are no there used to be partridge but there are no partridge now and uh, then you can, we have had the uh, ordinary flowers and vegetation as well and uh, what's the shooting like here in the in the woods well the the little there is it's it's quite good but there's not as much of course there used to be far more it, it's a thing that you need to have uh, men on hand to be watching you know so you need to have the the game keepers really there it, uh, if you're going to have the really good game but uh, we don't i don't go into the the game keepers games the keepers it we just we can't manage it these days. <laughs> do people port your game, do you think? Oh, some of them do. Yes, they're inclined... But we have deer here as well, some of the deer, and sometimes they're inclined to poach those. But uh, taking on the whole, they're not as bad as they used to be in the with the game, as a matter of fact. And... Uh, then, of course, we have the fishing here as well. They come up at the gate, but there are not very many salmon now. There used to be far more. But they don't come up so much. They're, it's late. The, the Rookt is a very late river. You get a lot of them coming up late in the season, but that's usually about uh, August or September we get them. They're pretty late. How big is the estate here? It's actually a whole. You own a town land here in. Yes. Well, there's a, there's about there's about th a thousand, a thousand acres. But uh, of course, it it sounds a lot. But it, a thousand acres of rock <laughs> is very different to a thousand acres of very good land. You know, isn't it? You keep bees. Yes, we have we have some of the bees, but I don't do a great deal with that. That's more Simon's province. I give him a hand with them, you know, but I look upon him more as a bee man. We get lovely honey up here, the heather honey. You see, we get it during the a good year. We get lovely. There's lovely heather round here, you see, up in the mountains. Um, I think we'll try Mangleton today. There's, there's, right, there's yeah. a lot of snow up the top, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll try a few breaks. Then, anyway. Right? Well, Leo said he's see trim that last Sunday, so yeah. there'd be a good chance that we might have a couple of them today. Yeah. But we'll try to be like good that. test to go we anyway. Fail, anyway. Oh, I can't but fail, but we'd like to go somewhere. We'd be sure to get one anyway, yeah, two or something. Sure. Four or five, anyway. I hope <laughs> we will. <laughs> But oh, oh yeah, that's what we're going to go with. Yeah, you, so yeah. we'll. Their own dogs have had to store there. Yeah, so, so we'll manage anyway. There'll be no first there anyway. So there will, but if they had a few terriers, a few sheep dogs, yeah, something, I mean, dogs, right. if they had brought their yeah. own dogs. They're, they're sad poison, by my, and they can't well. poison one kill them. Oh yeah. So they're bringing their own dogs. So, um. Then we'll try to crack that anyway, so we'll surely get something. Uh, my name is Patrick Cronin. I'm a sheep farmer up in uh, the mountains. Well, sheep farming today is a pleasure to be, we'll say, around now for wool is 
at a good price and cheaper, making good money. Well, the fox is one of our greatest enemies, I suppose, in sheep farming. We are doing our best to try and keep him down. Year after year, we are killing out half so many foxes. In this area here, now we have about uh, over, something over 100 foxes done away with in a short period of time. is one of the best ways of, of doing away with foxes is uh, strychnine and how we use strychnine is the safest way to use it is on fish uh, if we put strychnine and uh, carcasses such as dead lambs and all worn out sheep and that we'll have uh, the crows and you have stray dogs and all coming along to have a feed, which they won't let over again go home, of course. Well, by uh, just using fish, it's only the fox alone that'll take it. It seems the fox and the cat are almost nearly one family. The cat is very anxious for fish too, and for that reason, I suppose, that's why we use fish for the fox. Now, the fox is supposed to be a very, very clever animal, we're told, but... Uh, I think he is too, but he hadn't very many ways of living, only to try and live on mutton. And for my own experience, I know that it will cost about £300 to feed a fox during the lambing season. There he goes over there, look in the bush. Well, that was one of the cleverest foxes I ever met, I suppose. And... Uh, he almost had me done away with altogether in, in the line of hens and turkeys and lambs. He wouldn't take away any bait, no matter what I put out, only our eggs even. I tried him with everything. But I finally got an idea and I set up this, I suppose, booby trap. I engineered it out of setting up a gun. I fitted the gun into this little valley where he could, uh, where he always walked on, and um, I got the string onto the trigger, and uh, the other end of the string went onto the a very very old hen that was much more used. I tied her legs and left her lie there for the night. So the fox came along sometime that night and he picked up his hen as she was alive, of course. And as he made a move to take her away, he pulled the string and the, sh the very, very clever fox, he automatically shot himself. Um. I really started by a mistake getting such a large piece of wood. Because to try and make an oar out of a piece of three inch by three inch is a long job, especially when it's only a small oar because it's got to be down to about two inches square. But on the whole, I like doing this sort of thing. It's great fun. Uh, what, what do you intend to do with the boat? You're making a boat here now. Yeah, what I intend to do with the boat is I want to try and go to each island in turn in the Kenmare Estuary and spend a night on it if I can, doing a bit of fishing and uh, messing around. Because there's nothing like messing around in the mud with a boat. It's great fun. It really is. We also like sea shellfish, you know, uh, mussels. Lobsters, crab, if we can get them. <laughs> uh, I even managed to salvage a lobster pot once, and we fixed it up, and now it's 
you know, we hope to dump, dump that over the back of the boat too. Yeah, as you can see by the house, the house really needs a lot to be done to it still. Even though we've managed to put into a small bathroom, without planning permission I might add, which we'll have to get at a later date when we put in the, orig the bathroom we must specify on the plans, because I also want to put a workshop in the rear of the cottage uh, so that I can do the boat in more comfort, because this lounge will then be part of the cottage. When we first arrived here, the cows had got in through the front door, which had been knocked in, because the place hadn't been lived in for nine years. So you can imagine the sort of state it was in. The roof was leaking in several places, the chimney had collapsed, the, uh, the bedrooms were in a terrible state due to a cow that managed to climb the stairs and get into the bedroom and wreak havoc. You've got a lot of ducks out there. Tell me about the ducks. Oh, yeah. The, the, the ducks are a great... They're, they're really smashing, they are. We couldn't do without the ducks now, we've got them. They are a bit of a tie sometimes, but they, when you get the eggs, you know, when you go out and the eggs, it's really a surprise to see a, you know, a couple of eggs in the straw, and they're smashing. They are. They're much bigger than the hen's egg too. I'm head duckminder, gardener, general maintenance lady. I'm the I'm the lady who goes up in the loft when there's a when there's a leak in the plumbing, to find out what's happened before Phil comes home, so he won't have to see what it is. So I'm up with my my plumber's tape and my climbing boots in the loft. And uh, oh, I, I'm generally in a quiet sort of way enjoying myself. We had a what we thought was a well-enclosed duck pen with a fenced-in top as well. And uh, we'd been a bit lazy about it because we, hadn't, we knew there were foxes around, but we hadn't seen any signs. And then we lost our, our daddy, Drake, uh, over a month ago. And so we put glass all around the edge and we really, really um, pegged down the ends of the fence and everything. And it, it, by all accounts, he can't get in now. You know, we, we can mm -hmm. see signs yeah. where he's tried to push his way in and there's sort of poke marks all the way around and one of the ducks got bit in the bottom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lost it, a few feathers. Didn't yeah, it, but it, did, it didn't yeah. do any harm. But we're so fond of them, we could never even eat them. There's no way we could eat them now. I'm afraid we're a bit soft. So there are times when I'm awake at night wondering if the foxes come when you hear strange noises and things, which must m the locals must think we're absolutely off our heads. Convinced. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we took a duck to the vet with a sore foot, and he was absolutely amazed. He said he'd never, no one would ever <laughs> take a duck to the vet. And when we had a gander die... We sent him off to the veterinary research place in Cork to have a to have a post mortem because we didn't know what had happened. And the vet said they probably got about one gander every twenty years. And as then we be setting the garden and turning your champs of van, taking a trip to Kilgarvin, myself and the tailor man. We're five. We're sixteen. We got ten, then we. Sixteen, ten. Five, five. We're five and five. Sixteen, ten, and two fives. Wonder what? I've got another one to say. Who the name? I have. Carping was another thing that was very um, common and uh, people used to gather in different houses and play cards. And there's a tradition in my own family. My mother was regarded in Tralee as a very good 31 player. And this comes, I think, from, you know, having 
from having played 31 from a very early age and having watched it. Um, I'm modest enough to think that I'm a reasonably good 31 player myself. My name is Tom Munnelly. I work for the Folklore Department for the Folk Music Division. My main interest is songs and I've been collecting songs around the country for the last six years for the Folklore Department. I was in Glenlee there late last year and when I get to an area, an area like Glenlee or Kilgarvan, which I didn't know, I didn't know anybody in the place. So my first, when I arrive, I first of all put out feelers and try and get leads in the area in general. I set off and I was in the valley for about two hours when I, first of all, I met a family of Deneens, Jared Deneen, Sailor, that's Dennis Deneen, and Nora, and calling at their house around 10 o'clock in the morning. They didn't know me from Adam, but before I left that house, I'd recorded about 20 songs, you know, straight off the blue, total stranger walking in. Oh, they had all sorts of songs. They had songs like um, the songs of Johnny Nora A, the local poet. They had quite a lot of... Um, ballads which had gone into tradition from the English broadside tradition. We had one or two of the old English classic ballads, but predominantly their repertoire was made of local songs. That poet, Johnny Nora A, he has the distinction of being the only poet I know who has that many songs in current oral tradition, not alone um, in in the Cor- on the Cork Kerry border, but all over Kerry, up through Clare, and with the as more people have become interested in the songs of this area, they spread throughout the country. Um, a lot of the songs that he wrote were about events in the in the valley, um, be they making of pochine or local dances and that in this it shares patterns with the type of local song made throughout the country but there are very few people who had the sort of skill that Johnny Nora had when it, when he came to um, putting verses together or as he put it in his own words making and shaping rhymes and uh, there's songs like Murchine Went to Banan and The Taylor Bond which are known through, throughout the country for the best possible reason that they're, you know, they're damn fine songs my capital I thought a good idea quite often meditation made me drop my speculation and go home for recreation to the beauty spot Glanley. I can't